The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Pound. Right now, there is a big problem lurking in sewer pipes and bathrooms. Although they may look benign, those little packets of wet wipes that live beside toilet bowls are causing big problems all over the world. Flushed wet wipes, even the supposedly flushable ones, are huge contributors to fatbergs, huge clumps of wipes and other stuff flushed down loos that are blocking sewers and generally grossing people out everywhere. But people are still using wet wipes, despite requests from councils everywhere that only the three P's, poos, peas and paper, go down loose. But what if you were able to put something onto that loo paper that would make it function like a wet wipe without all the plastics, fibres and problems? Well, that was the brainwave of today's guest nearly 20 years ago. And over that time, Billy Johohepa built a successful journalism career, but always thought there were business ideas she could be advancing. So she studied for an MBA around work and family through 4am starts and launched not one, but two bathroom-themed products. One being B-Day, the flushable toilet paper wet wipe alternative foam, and the other being Kiwi, a toilet lid lifting device. To talk entrepreneurship, finding opportunity in places not everyone wants to talk about, her career, and what's next, Billy Jo Hohepa Ropiha joins us now. Tēnā What a wonderful introduction, Nga Mahi Thank you so much. <laughs> it's, um, it's such a cool product and idea. And, and you t- tell, me, tell me the story of the first... Um, because it's not the first toilet enterprise, is it? Tell me the story of no. Kiwi. Well, I just want to say what I love about um, kind of the kaupapa of our products is that, you know, people spend a lot of time about food and in the kitchen and the kitchen gets so much love and the bathroom. Well, she's, you know, she completes the full circle 
but not much love and care and attention is is kind of taken in that area. So we've put up our hands and we've gone, you know what, where there's a problem, we'll find a solution. And yes, we've started with the Kiwi Lifter, the hygienic uh, toilet seat lifter, and that was my uh, the brainchild of my dad. Um, so he, uh, of course, my mother was uh, complaining about the toilet seat being left up as many, many wives and partners do. And so he went in his shed and basically made a prototype that was in our bathroom working for like nearly 25 years. Um, so it worked and it was validated and he, he didn't even have to change the design of it. What, what, what did it do? So it's so a prototype to lift the lid when you walk in. Like I've seen, I've seen some pictures of it. It's almost like um, you, you're like a, a bin. If you walk in and you push the little lever to open a bin lid without touching it. Aye. So that's the, the, the thought process of it. The design is based on a rubbish bin lid. So it's got a fulcrum, it's got a pedal, and it pushes the toilet seat up to 70 degrees. That's the perfect position. And then it would let it down. Um and how we came about building the Kiwi Lifter is I was I went on a journalism trip to China and somehow my um, my passport got taken stolen who knows and then I had to stay on for an extra eight days so in that time by myself so in that time I just I just went exploring around the streets of Fujian and. What I saw was just so many products, and I thought, whoa, this, you know, exposed to so many products, we can't compete. Like, if we're going to bring in a product to sell, how original is that? Not really original. So if we're going to, you know, be successful and, and make it on our own in business, then we have to create our own ideas, create our own products and sell them. So that's when I had a, a bit of an epiphany and I went back to my um, my hotel suite and I, I FaceTimed my mum and dad and I said, that's it, we're going to make the Kiwi Lifter. The, 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 I suppose the energy and the purpose behind that too was really to prove that my dad was brilliant and that I wanted to show him, and, and it was kind of the reason why I did the MBA, is that bridging that gap of, you know, coming up with a lot of ideas, you know, I was born in a family of hugely creative people and and they came up with so many different inventions and beautiful artwork and and but never to the shop floor or never to selling it so the MBA was about building that bridge of knowledge so that we can take the idea to the shelf Right, and so from that trip to China, you'd had this amazing bit of Kiwi ingenuity in the bathroom at your parents' house, and the light light bulb kind of went off. Yeah, t- tell me about jumping into um, the the MBA because at that time you were working and and still work around the edges, don't you, as a journalist? Yes, so I was full time at Māori Television on the award winning show Native Affairs, um, and it, it was. It, 
at that time, journalism was moving into a different place and I didn't know whether, you know, I wanted to continue in that space. I, I didn't want to go into communications. So I, I just thought maybe that love and that desire that I've always kind of had to get into business was, was the time. And because I'm a lover of education and learning, um, the last time I had been back to school was at Takiura to learn my te reo Māori. So that was in 2010. So it was 2015 and I thought the time is right. Let's get into it. Lucky I didn't look too deeply into how involved and how... Um, how incredibly difficult um, an MBA is um, because it was. And I think if if I had have really looked into it and really asked people about it, maybe I, I wouldn't have. Well, maybe I would have because I like a challenge. But it was absolutely challenging working full-time yeah, with two How did you make that babies. work with two babies? And, like, I, I saw somewhere that you did 4 a.m. starts. No, I know. You just... Um, yeah, I I have this um, fear of failure and coming second. Um, I think that's what I what what fuels me. Um, you know, to first finish, you must finish first. So it, it was, yeah, that that's what fuels me. So it, it took everything in the mornings. But I had a wonderful husband who would you know pick up the slack and take the kids on the weekend. My mum would come down on the naked bus, you know, she was a frequent flyer, driver, passenger. Um, and so definitely couldn't have done it without my village. And then, of course, my dad was there. And, um, yeah, you do it with your village, definitely not on my own. Two kids, 4 a.m. starts, full-time job, full life. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's the... It's the goal at the end of it, and it was always to to use it to get into to either get into business. Well, when I started, I actually wanted to be CEO of Māori Television, and I suppose that's just it. Like we we're going through it with the kids. We say, "Hey, get a dream." It may not be where you're going to be in say two three years, but just have a dream. So my goal, my impetus to keep going was to be CEO of Māori Television. Of course, that changed because they said, you know, do the first year, that's kind of laying down the foundations of business. Once you get into the second year, that's when you get into the good stuff, like the strategic um, alignment, thinking globally. And and basically in the first kind of couple of months, I think it was February, the light went off and I went, wow, I love this so much. I'm going to you know, I'm going to look at building our own business and producing either our own products. Was it really in the services? Definitely products was my jam. And how, did, how, what's involved? Like, so, you know, as you kind of came out of the, the, the MBA um, and then to make a product out of this, um, the, the Kiwi Lifter and to get it to market, like, how did you go about doing that? So what the MBA gives you is a really great, solid foundation of, okay, these are kind. These are the steps you need, but it also gives you the ability to understand that um, you now have the capability. So I had the confidence and and the capability to go out and find it. Now with my journalism background, I love the research part. So it was that that kind of you know 
dog instinct of finding out and and that's where you need the energy and the fuel is to to keep going to sniff it out where do I go next you know how do we get a design that's going to be that we can commercially make because we're going to have to have all the measurements and 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 the toolings and and be able to work with manufacturers to create that product you are creating it from scratch so yes and actually I got in touch with Kelly Innovation and went on a Callahan Innovation tour to Hamilton. So we got to go to different manufacturing plants and ask questions and again do that research. And that's when we found out we needed industrial designers um, to come up with a prototype to which they made 3D 3D um, printed uh, prototypes. And then we worked with manufacturers to create the the parts of the Kiwi Lifter. Awesome. And then having made it, how did you go about marketing it? Because, I mean, I mean, we'll jump onto B-Day in a second. Um, but, you know, the, the Kiwi Lifter, like, it's such a fun product, you know? Like, because everyone must know about, you know, guys leaving the seat up and everyone must go, there, there must be a cleverer way. Um, but then also, like, you know, where would you buy one? And, uh, you know, if no one's looking for a product at the moment, that's the hardest product to kind of... Uh, to sell, isn't it? That's right, yes. Um, and if you don't know you need it, kind of like B-Day as well, if you don't know you need it, you really do need that marketing behind you. With the Kiwi Lifter, we came up against some um, quite big uh, design prob- problems um, and therefore we needed about six to kind of three months to work that out in terms of going back to our manufacturers and saying, how do we overcome this problem, this design problem? And so in that time, because I got itchy feet, I was like, okay, well, looking at our business model, uh, we're not going to really survive on just having one product. We need another product. And, and if it can be in the FMCG space, then we will get regular income. So what is that? guys, and guys is like my husband, my mum and dad, <laughs> and the boardroom. And our, our boardroom is our boat called Deadly. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> deadly Ventures. Deadly, yeah. Deadly. And, and, and so we, 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 of course, we, you, you come up with ideas because there's lots of problems. And that's when I thought, oh, well, I've been doing this for for a, a number of years, and I put um, uh, moisturiser on toilet paper. And I sort of went silent. Because Kiwis, they're so funny. They don't like talking about, you know, movements, motions, anything down there. It's very taboo. It's very tapu in, in Māori. Um, so I, I thought, OK, maybe, maybe not the audience yet, um, they were a little bit freaked out. So the next time there was a group of friends and we just got talking. Someone was talking about how their son was um, blowing their nose and putting lots of tissues in the toilet paper and not flushing it. And then it was just like one big, basically, fatberg. And he had to remove it, which got us onto the subject of talking about toilet things. And so I said, oh, by the way, how does everybody wipe their bum? It's a little bit of, you know. Dead silence, radio silence there. <laughs> what? What? You know, like, what? How do you wipe your bum? And this is serious, guys. Like, do you put anything on your toilet paper? Because if you think about it, can you really clean 
a dirty tabletop with only a dry cloth. And they're like, no. So what I do is I put moisturiser or I've got now a foam onto toilet paper. And they were like, wow, okay, I get it. And so the guys, and we had a nanny and she was 65 and she was like, you know, um, talking about the different different things around that, but none of them put something on toilet paper. So I said, well, if I make it, will you try it? And they were like, 100%. So I went off and made it. Everyone tried it. And I thought, okay, I think we're on a winner here. But at the same time, um, the impetus behind it too was around the issues of wet wipes. And because my um, kids were were a few years before, young at the time, I just went through so many wet wipes and it was just, it was, it's quite hideous, the amount of wet wipes that you use. So when they became toddlers and and going, you know, toilet training, I would then put the moisturiser on the toilet paper and wipe their bum. Um, It was one of my kids, I won't name them because I get all embarrassed, um, that complained about it being, oh, mummy, it's too, it's too slimy, like it's too, like, you know, that little tushy wiggle, which kind of indicated, don't like it, don't like the feeling down there, and, you know, two-year-old talk. I said, okay, well, well, maybe mummy will do something else, but we need to wipe it away. We need to wipe it away. And okay, got that. So then that's when I, I created the, the foam and used that for many years. And then when, when I met the group of friends, I'd really done my R&D on it. So, yeah, that's how we got to B-Day yeah. from Kiwi. It's, it's so amazing as it makes so much sense. Like, um, you, you know, having had, um, you, you know, kid, kids and you do, you actually make a little like um, – you have a little conversation with yourself. You're like, I know these wet wipes are really bad, but they are so handy. Like if you're in the car and they've had an accident or something, it's like the dream. And so you actually almost go, sorry, planet, I'll do something for you later and just buy them. (laughs) And and there must be a lot of people right now who know that the wet wipes that they're using in the bathroom are not good, yet they're still buying them as an enormous number are being used. I know, and they know that they're not supposed to be flushed, but even I do a lot of in-store promos at the supermarkets, and I say, do you know that flushable, so-called flushable wet wipes shouldn't be flushed? And they look at me like a little bit guilty going... No. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I know your flushable. eyes are saying yes, <laughs> but you're saying no. Because how can you really hey, put it into a rubbish bin when you've just completely soiled it? If you know. Yeah, you're like, I, I haven't seen you walking it's out of bizarre. that with that. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And, so and we get it. They want to flush it, and you do want to flush and so there's this big demand for wet wipes. There's a real problem, like, you know, wastewater and places are saying, don't use them, but they're still being used. How have the conversations gone? Because as you say, like, people don't talk about it, hey. Like, we're real squeamish about talking about anything to do with um, bathroom stuff. Yet, like you said with the kitchen, like, it's so essential to our lives. Like, we all cook, we all eat, we all do bathroom stuff. Absolutely. And you would think, right? Because a lot of the messaging, like you said, the three P's only down the toilet, it's a huge problem, millions of dollars of 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 costs each year to clear them out. And then people don't realise that those wet wipes that they get out of their pipes and systems 
actually go to land waste. Mm. So, so it's absolutely contaminated, toxic waste. You'd think I'd be inundated by calls, wouldn't you, from the 72 councils around New Zealand. It's radio silence. No one's calling me. Kia ora, I'm Sophie. And I'm Simon. And I'm Alice. And together we host the spin-off's food podcast, Dietary Requirements. Join us each month as we explore a vast culinary landscape. From the gourmet. Ooh la la. To your more hearty tucker. Kiwi onion dip anyone? Everything's on the table in Dietary Requirements. Subscribe wherever you listen to all your other favourite podcasts. How about getting into the... How about getting into the supermarkets? Like, is that? I mean, because it's it's kind of famously hard, isn't it, to get a product into the supermarket, even if it's like you know something that people are already knowing about and 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 buying. Um, how do you go about getting a product that is, so, you know, such a new category onto the shelves? That's right. It it is a brand new category, and you just don't give up. Like like the you know, attributes of a journalist, you know, that kind of dog, hound um, mentality, you just keep going and <laughs> going and, and be prepared for a lot of no's. But I think we got yes in, in a short amount of time because of timing and everything's about timing. So there's this, you know, there's this acceptance of, you know, we need to be, uh, you know, better for the planet, more sustainable, more eco-friendly products. And we... We sit there and we tick that box, so there is that acceptance, um, and and we got it on those merits. But when you get in there, there's no help. Mm. You know, you, you, you're in the big ocean of like what two hundred thousand skews of products, and there's little old B day floating, hoping to be sold. And how do you, like, I mean, you, you were mentioning doing kind of sampling and stuff in, in store. Like, are you spending heaps of time talking to consumers to educate them? Or, like, how do you get the word out? How do you let people know this exists? Yes, how do you with no money? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's just it. Um, and because it's, you know, it's it's not a new brand of peanut butter. It's not a new, you know, sugar-free fizzy drink. People know what those things are and do, right? They use them every day. So they're like, oh, I might try this. What is B-Day? They don't know what it is, you know, because they've never put anything on their toilet paper before. So it really is around educating, getting the word out. When I do, people buy it and then they come back. So it works because once you try it, you will never go back to using just dry toilet paper on its own again. Tell us about what's in the product. Is the one the one that you can find on supermarket shelves is the um, pico pico? Is that right? Yes. So that's a beautiful natural flavour. It's um, got hints of mango and coconut and a little bit of pico pico. That kind of beautiful bush smell. Um, for me, I love things that smell beautiful. So, but also I get dim dermatitis, um, especially on my hands and my skin. So it really needed to be natural, gentle, 
and which this product is. So we use 98.9% natural ingredients. Um, it's been dermatologically tested on sensitive skin. And um, we have a lot of people using it for front and back wiping. So um, very gentle, beautiful product. And it looks like one of those, I mean, for, describe it for people um, at home. Like what, what, what is the actual, how does the product actually turn up? So we've got a um, plastic bottle which is recyclable but also refillable. We, we do have refillable pouches um, in the future, but we do sell them online. And what it is is you basically pump it and it creates this beautiful puff of foam. Now, um, and this is what I love about it, you talk to different um, customers and they'll tell you how they use it. So some people will pump all around the, the toilet paper so that they get really nice coverage. Some will just do one squirt and apparently that's enough. And others will do two squirts and then they'll fold the toilet paper to get that beautiful coverage and then back fold it and then wipe. But I tell people, look, buy it, take it to, you know, the next time you go, wipe till you think you, you know, you would normally pull up your pants, head off into the world, but stop there, pull out your another piece of toilet paper, put on the bidet foam wash and then wipe. Just check, see what's left on that toilet paper and you will be so surprised. So then you will see what you're basically walking around with all day. Out of it. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you have kids you know because you see hey, hey, <laughs> Simon, the, the Simon skids collecting. We know, right? <laughs> the skiddies are real. And and <laughs> And, and like, so if you've ever used like a, a foaming hand wash, one of those little hand things, yes. you'll be really familiar with the way that the foam kind of um, uh, appears. And so what, you just like pop it down on the bathroom uh, and then just like put it onto the loo paper and bang, you've got yourself some wet wipes. And bang, you basically got you, yourself a kind of like a spray and wipe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and people get that concept. But I'll tell you what, you know, we've got three little boys in our household who mm. all use B-Day. And I'll tell you what, no smelly undies. Yeah. My 92-year-old grandfather tells me, you know, the, the, the biggest regret I have about this product is I didn't know about this when I was 19, yeah. not 92. Yeah, I, I love the way that on the <laughs> copy on the box as well, you say... Um, uh, B-Day Foam Wash turns ordinary toilet paper into an ultra-soft, luxurious wipe. And I love this idea of it being like the luxury, you know? It's it's cool. Um, <laughs> it is, Simon. <laughs> so, so people must talk to you a lot, Billy Joe, about about their bathroom stuff then. Like, is that... Like, is that something you'd ever kind of expected out of life, to be standing in supermarkets and having chats with people about their, their toilet paper and stuff? No, that's why I say don't be too hard and fast and where your dreams go, you know. It may <laughs> lead you somewhere else. But what I do love about the kaupapa of B-Day is that it is a vehicle to talking about some very serious mm. and very everyday conditions that, you know, people live with. Yeah. You know, there are many conditions around bowel uh, um, illnesses that affect everyday Kiwis that you wouldn't even know about. 
you know, high percentages of people have incontinence, constipation, diarrhea, skin tags, hemorrhoids, mm. you know, and this product on toilet paper makes it so soft and bearable that it's, it's, that's what I'm getting back from customers is, you know, you really have given me the confidence to go out to even get a haircut. There are people that won't even go and get a haircut just in case they have to go to the toilet because their bowel is going to move and they just do not want to be out in public doing that. But having that confidence and that freedom and and that's kind of it's like a little safety health and safety plan in your bag that they can feel like they can clean themselves up. I had a lady who's got diabetes and she said people don't know that we go to the toilet a lot and the urine just it's you know, it smells and your product gets takes that away, takes that a you know, that smell away. And it's just, it's made me feel so confident. And that is priceless, you know, for, for a creator. That is, that is priceless. It's, it's, really, it's really magic. And it's kind of bananas that there's the opportunity to do that as well. As you'd think there'd be, you know, some innovation in the toilet paper space in all of this time. And the fact that there's room to do this how, how's it going? Like, um, how have you found getting onto supermarket shelves and how widely available is it? And yeah, how's how's the journey for the business? So with COVID took, a, as like every other business, um, we took a bit of a hit and it was around continuing those really important conversations with the supermarket buyers. And so they went on hold. But what we did get was an influx of people um, wanting to try it because who became the star in the supermarket? Funnily enough, toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a big year for toilet paper. So so it was just perfect aligning. And so we continued those conversations after um, we got out of lockdown. And so we were accepted by Countdown. Thank you, Countdown. And we were given 10 stores, initially 20 stores, and then I sort of freaked out and went, okay, we'll take 10 and we'll look after those and um, really look after the sales and, and increase our marketing and awareness. And then also we got foodstuffs in at the same time. And with foodstuffs, it's not just one buyer. It's because they're independently owned, you have to go to each store. So at the same time, I was um, um, working with a distributor who actually distributes a major um, toilet paper brand. So he was inundated and I kind of was put down, you know, down the list, and and I get it. Um, And so it was kind of, it was a waiting game, really, but we continued our sales and awareness um, online. And then by uh, September, we were in Countdown stores and about a couple of weeks later in foodstuffs. And now we are in 31 uh, supermarkets across Aotearoa and growing. 
that's so cool. And house house repeat purchase and stuff going. And are people kind of sending you messages online saying, I love this product? Like, yeah. How does someone discover it on the shelf if you're not there? Like, where does it live in the store? That's right. So we are next to flushable wet wipes on in the toilet paper aisle. Um, and people, whether they're curious, and I suppose that's that's our next that's our next plan is we are looking for an investor, and that's really around fueling our marketing plan. You know, we do need to educate people around this, get the awareness out. But the great thing is, once people know about it and try it, they are repeat buyers. And that's the beauty of it. Um, So we're at that stage. We're at definitely a growth stage. Um, We've proven the validity of the product. We've got it into, like you said, one of the most difficult um, distribution chains to get into, which is retail supermarkets. Um, We also have been accepted to be ranged at Green Cross Health. Um, They love the the product, the concept of the product, but again, um, you need a distributor. So there's all these different factors that once you get into this business that you don't realise you need, and there's different protocols, there's different, I suppose, tikanga that you have to abide by. Wow. And in terms of like the things from the media background, like how has your media background of, you know, telling people stories and yeah, like you're talking about um, the doggedness and chasing things down and the like, like how how has the world of media um, helped you in business? I think it's really around my ability to write, to lobby, um, to get people on your side, uh, to follow up with so many emails and 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 that is around the writing and the research yeah i think it's those those skills of journalism and to always to to not take no for a reason um even my husband he was like i can't believe you're i can't believe you you wrote another email to countdown like she said no like five times and i'm like but 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 that's okay cuz you know, I need to keep going. Yeah, like you can't listen to people. You know, you have to keep going until you paint a picture of well, actually, this is its value and this is what it's going to do, and I'll keep going. So, all those traits that I've, I suppose, I've gathered, you know, on my twenty-year journey of being a journalist has has helped me today. And what advice would you have for someone who is thinking about like? who has, like, these ideas that they want to turn into businesses. Um, and, yeah, like, like, like thinks about jumping into, like, do, do you do an MBA? Do you just start? What, what, what do you recommend? I think it just depends on your level of knowledge. And for me, I didn't have those basics in place. So the per the perfect route for me was to do the MBA. Um, Then it fast-tracked and maybe, you know, maybe avoided a lot more mistakes that I could have made. Um, It definitely made me more confident to approach people and to talk in a manner that 
because um, there's, there's, there's a different language and you've got to understand the concepts and be able to sit into in boardrooms and, you know, I'm, at, I'm talking with investors now. Um, and you, you, if the idea is, is great, then you're going to have to be in those positions very quickly. Of course, you know, and what I say to people is get your iwi Get your tribe around you, you know, friends and family. And that's kind of my, really the impetus is was to, yes, show my dad he's amazing and brilliant. And then also show my kids that there's another path that they can take. You know, looking back, I wish I did, you know, I went into commerce, but it doesn't matter. I, you know, no regrets. That's what kind of I live by but it's also showing them through osmosis they're learning uh, how to how what what it takes to be in business and I love and then sometimes you know like it falls on deaf ears you think they're not listening but I do tell them like you know like hey today we had a meeting with Countdown and you know they they, they said no but that's okay because my, you know I'm gonna write it and they're just sitting there or at the dinner table, we'll talk about, okay, well, this happened today. You know, our online sales have gone up 20%, and that's really great. Now, who's going to be in the distribution warehouse? Put your hand up. <laughs> Who wants to start picking and packing? Hey, eh? $2 an hour? You know. So it's really about getting cheap labour. Oh, what did I say, son? <laughs> no, look, like, and, and kids seeing mum making great stuff happen is, like you say, it's like a form of osmosis, isn't it? Like it just comes in there that you can kind of do, do your own thing. But I mean, well, yeah, like, like what did people say to you? Because you had built a really successful career. Like Native Affairs, like you say, is an, an absolutely astounding show. Lots of people would know you from Seven Sharp, like, you know, the, the absolute top of the top of the game. Did people kind of go... What are you up to? Like you know, like by jumping into to, to B Day, or did they say? Did people get it, or have you had to kind of really um, dig into your own reserves to to, to make the change and, and and to start this? I suppose people that know me know that there's always something going on in the side, like you know, very creative. Hey, what about this? What you know, coming up with ideas, ideas for shows, everything. Like Simon. Lots of ideas, so no, not really. People who know me are like, yeah, that's what she'd do. She'd make an ass cream. <laughs> yeah, no. And she'd sell it and you know everywhere that she can, and she'll talk about it, and then she'll talk about everything. And now I'm an expert on everything motion, <laughs> motion-wise. <laughs> so no, not, not really. Um, it's, it's kind of my personality. Um, it just took a while to you know make that... Build that bridge and really get into it. Um, but I've sort, you know, we've always kind of been in, in dabbling in, in property investment. Um, how we got into property investment was I bought Lisa Dudson's book. So we went to through ASB, went to, uh, oh sorry, ANZ, went to one of her um, nights where she talked about property investment, bought the book. Six weeks later, bought our first investment house. So. Uh, it's always been there, the, you know, the, 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 the love of learning and then putting it to action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, do, the doing. doing. And, and as, a, as a kind of final question, um, something we'd love to ask, like what, what will success be for you 
personally and for the business as well as you've got a pretty big addressable market. Like anyone who goes to the bathroom, that's that's a big addressable market. But also, you know, you've, you've um, had the success in, in academic pursuits and success as a journalist and now with the business. Like, yeah, what, what will success be for you and what, what drives you? Simon, on a macro level, I would say being in a supermarket aisle, swiping my FPOS and it doesn't say decline, there, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I have a list of inventions that I want to get into. And that's, that's for me, that's where I want to be in my happy place of, of creating really, um, you know, everyday in, inventions and products. And, and, but the, what success really looks like is when my mukopuna come up to me and I see them creating their own businesses, creating employment, you know, being essentially what we know as tinoranga tiratanga. That's, that's so cool. Karawe, that's so cool. Hey, thank you so much for joining us and sharing the story today. That's Billy Joe Hohepa Ropiha, who is the founder of B-Day and Kiwi. Kia ora, thank you so much. Thank you to Tina Tiller for producing, and thank you very much for having us along in your ears and listening. Uh, and, yeah, maybe next time you're in a countdown or a uh, pack and save or a new world, if they don't have B-Day, ask for it. And if they do have it, grab it. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From the Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.